Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi friends, welcome back. How are you guys? Thank you so much for showing up in this space. This is a movement to share good news and we are growing every single week with a new episode on iTunes and Spotify. We're also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. Please remember to subscribe to Nina's Got Good News so you don't miss any new content. Today on podcast number 61, we are going to be talking about something I love to talk about, parties. You got it. That's right. We're talking about parties, simple and fun, entertaining tips and tricks from the best expert that I know. Meg Quinn makes everything look so beautiful and she makes it all look so easy too. I don't know how you do that, Meg. Her journey will inspire you as she took a big leap. She made a big career change to follow one of her passions, being a food stylist. Meg created Ain't Too Proud to Meg, and she is here with me now from Los Angeles to share all of her inspiring ideas from the kitchen with all of us today. Welcome to the podcast, Meg. How are you today? Great, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. I know. Well, I've been following you on Instagram. I love following you. You really do inspire me through the gram every day when I see your posts. And you actually, I, I know I've told you this a million times, but you're the reason why I started throwing cheese board parties. So it's really because well, of you. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Meg. Tell us more about Meg Quinn. Absolutely. Well, first of all, that's a fabulous compliment because my, my goal, and I'll tell you a little background, but my goal, you know, with the content that I create on Instagram is really to inspire others to get creative in the kitchen and elevate the way we entertain. Um, and that's through cheese boards or other type of ways of presenting food because people eat with their eyes and it's all about the art of presentation. Um, so to your point, when you're hosting friends and, and having your parties, you know, I'm sure you're creating really beautiful spreads for people. And I just love when someone walks into my home and sees something really impressive that they're like, woo, like you really, you know, you really like me, you created something beautiful. So that's kind of the background behind what I create and, you know, my brand on Instagram. But in terms of the rest of the stuff, um, I'm born and raised in LA, um, Burbank in particular. So I grew up here, I went to USC. I always get a little self-conscious of that because I'm like, but I travel a lot, you know, like I'm cultured. <laughs> you know, I haven't moved around, but I really do love LA. And, you know, I went straight from college into a job in marketing that was really fun and really awesome for a really long time. But then it just no longer was something that inspired me and was my passion. Um, and I'm really risk averse. So it wasn't something that I knew how to change. I didn't even, like I wanted a career change. I had no idea how to do it. And it's something that I talk about a lot on Instagram other than food because I just think there's so many of us out there that are in maybe a job or a career that we don't necessarily love. And I think it's a privilege to be in a job that we, you know, that we do love and that is our passion. But I just want people to know it's possible. You know, you can do it. Um, and just like little steps at a time. So I know we'll talk about that a little later. But the background is that I used to produce commercials and I worked in the entertainment industry 
you know, even produced a Super Bowl commercial. And while that's really cool, it just wasn't something that spoke to me anymore. And, and I just like needed to find a way to do something that fulfilled me creatively a little bit better. Yeah. So I feel like that is the million dollar question, Meg, right? Like, was there one, (laughs) was there one moment in time that like a light bulb went off and said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk away from this career that I've had for 13 years in the advertising industry and I'm going to take this leap. I mean, did something happen or was it just like a buildup or did, did an opportunity present itself that you realized you could take this leap into something you're actually passionate about? That's a great question. So, I, I mean, it's obviously different for everyone. For me, it was more of a buildup because I'm like, a, I'm definitely not a person that rushes into anything. Um, but I was in this job and when you're in a, a certain place for 13 years, you know, um, I think that that's a little bit old school, right? Like, I don't think a lot of people do that anymore. And it's beautiful and wonderful in some ways because you develop friendships and relationships and you really become comfortable somewhere. But it also, you don't get as high of raises. You don't, you know, grow as fast. And I just knew, like, I needed to be doing more. And so I was exploring other jobs in the industry. And every time I thought about them, I was just like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, it just like you, it was like more like a feeling, but it, there was definitely years of being stuck of just feeling like, I don't know how to solve this problem. I don't know how to change. And so, you know, what was beautiful, I think there is like a, a, a universe or a plan or just things work out is that on the side, I just, you know, the advice I got was follow your hobbies and maybe something will happen there. So I thought I wanted to be an interior designer, which is I think maybe common for, you know, people at a certain age as we are like nesting and we're, you know, redecorating our homes and making some nicer purchases. And so I was like, that's what I want to be. So I like took classes and I had a great coworker that gave me advice um, and and would push me. And he said, you know, if you're going to want to be an interior designer, you know, in the absence of a portfolio, start posting Instagram, you know, style your house every week and make it your own job. And, you know, change things up, style your bookshelf differently and post consistently because that will act as your resume. And, you know, it was the best advice ever because it got me active on the Instagram space. It got me creative. It got me out of a rut. It got me doing something other than my job. And it was fun and it was addicting, you know? Um, So that's what I thought I wanted to be. The food styling, which we'll talk about, came much later and by coincidence, but, um, it turned out I wasn't that great at the, I was good at styling and interior styling, but like being an interior designer just wasn't exactly what I think I should have been doing. Um, And funny enough, I feel like I'm talking on and on, but funny enough, um, at the same time when I was starting to post on Instagram and getting a present for interior design stuff, I was in a relationship and we were entertaining a lot, lots of friends and family. And because I don't cook, this is like the, the, the dirty little secret, I make cheese boards because that's like the way of pulling the wool over people's eyes. They come to a party, they see something beautiful, um, it's presented really nice, it's all the yummy foods that they love. They're not thinking twice about the fact that you like didn't cook any of it. So I was doing a lot of that and, you know, at the same time, I'm like, oh, you know what, let me post these cheese boards to my, you know, interior design account as well. 
And those photos were the ones that got more traction. Those are where I got a lot of questions of how did you do that? Like, what cheeses should I add? So it was a matter of listening to my audience and being like, oh, I have something here. So back to your question about the million dollar question, it was like very slow. It was, you know, listening to, gosh, I'm unhappy, not knowing how to change, not knowing how to leave my job but trying other things and experimenting. And that's, I think, it's like one step in front of the other. I, w- I would have never gone straight from my job to food stylist because like there wasn't that path. I didn't even know that was a passion until I explored it later. Yeah, and I love the Instagram advice. That's so good. And tell me what's behind the name of your Instagram account, Ain't Too Proud to Meg. <laughs> I love it so much, but give us the backstory on the name. Thank you. It is. I love the name too. I can't take complete credit. I didn't come up with it. So I, I do love puns. Puns have always been something that I just think is really cheesy and funny. And I, I love like that kind of humor. And so like backtrack for Halloween, we, I would always do like mashups or puns or play it with words. Like my favorite one is um, I did be a pet. So instead of Chia Pet, I did like a mashup between Sia, like at the height of Sia, and then a Chia Pet and created her famous wig out of these like fake um, little leaves and did a big bow. And so that's kind of just my personality. And, and to be honest, another outlet for my creativity. Um, so long story short is that my friend, now husband, we were just like making puns with our own name. And he came up with ain't too proud to Meg instead of ain't too proud to beg. And I was just like, this is great. Let me use it. It's just so fun. And I and I hope that when people, you know, come to my Instagram page, or, or see my brand is that they associate a little bit of that fun humor, playfulness um, with my brand. Okay, so for the <laughs> listeners out there that don't really understand what you do, and because I told some people that I was going to be interviewing a food stylist and I told them how much I love you. And so many people were like, what is a food stylist? So I'm going to ask you, Meg, what is a food stylist exactly? Yes. So I, there are, I think are a few different definitions and there's a very traditional definition that's pre Instagram. So Traditionally, food stylists were hired for, let's say, magazine shoots or TV shows or commercials. So like if Carl Jr. was having a commercial, they're not taking the burger that just is coming out of like the fast food chain. They have like professionals on set to make that burger look like the best burger in town. And and they're either using some fake food sometimes, um, some real food. So for instance, a food stylist trick, for instance, is like with ice cream, sometimes they use mashed potatoes, so it doesn't melt. So there's a, it, there's like this, it's an art, to be completely honest. And there's lots of like fun tricks that people do. Um, it could be someone like in a Martha Stewart Weddings magazine, they have a food stylist who, you know, does this beautiful spread that looks amazing, or the cakes. And it's, it's all about like perfection, because what might not what might look beautiful in person it photographs a little different depending on the angle so you have someone there like judging it up or putting it together um and again also like tv shows so when you see you know i'm trying to think of a good example but like this is i don't know why i went to friends because it's not been on for many years but like jennifer aniston making a sandwich on friends you know she as an actress isn't making it someone is there to make it look you know edible or perfect or 
you know, be the joke. Um, so that's the traditional definition. And that kind of, I think, all changed when Instagram became about because they had people like myself or other food accounts that were creating really beautiful imagery to whether it's like show off their recipes or in my case, you know, inspire someone with entertaining. And I mean, I didn't go to school for it. I don't like have a certification in it. I'm a food stylist because I say I am and because I do it day in and day out. Um, so for me, it is all about creating really beautiful, inspiring imagery. I don't want people when they come to my site, though, you know, there's always like a fine line. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to make it just like this. Um, I, I hope people copy my boards and inspire them. But like, I'm the person spending hours making sure this looks perfect in a photo for Instagram, because that's the platform. But but really, I just want to give people thought starters and ideas to make things, you know, for them to feel good about the spreads at home. If it's something as simple as, hey, I would have created a cheese board before that looked like X, but I saw on Meg's board, she added fresh fruit. And now there's color to the board because there wasn't color before. Like, it's like simple things like that. I don't think people have to, you know, place the rosemary exactly right. But, you know, that is something I think about because I take my, you know, job very seriously and I really want to create beautiful images for people. Yeah, and you do. You really do, Meg. It's so good. So I feel like a lot of people are gonna. Are, I feel like a lot of people are gonna want to become food stylists like you because you, <laughs> you make it look so pretty and so fun and so easy. So explain though. I know there's a lot of work that goes into it, but how do you make money as a food stylist? Is it all through different brands that you work with, or how does that work exactly? Yes. So um, and again, I. Well, the background is I've probably been in this and doing cheese boards on Instagram probably for four years now. And four years ago, it was still half interior design, half food stuff. And it was while I had my other job and I had side hustles. Like when I quit my other job and I was starting to do this, I had side hustles of managing Instagram for other brands, um, whether it was like a local restaurant or, you know, something completely out of the food space, I would do um, urban development uh, apartment buildings. Like I just took on everything because I knew I wanted to make this transition because I knew I had the skill of like managing an Instagram account. So that's how I made my money for, you know, let's say the three years after leaving my job. Now, I kept building my Instagram account with the goal of making that something that I could monetize. And, um, you know, a quick aside is that I think a lot of people, Instagram can be a beautiful thing. It can also be an ugly thing in terms of, you know, comparison. That's something we talk about and making people feel bad. But and I think that's relevant. I think that happens. But for me, Instagram was like this window into careers that I had no idea that existed. You know, like when I was in college, they didn't teach you about Instagram. It wasn't around. They didn't teach you about these different things. And so I was following people on Instagram, you know, particularly women that had these careers that also, you know, did have children. Um, and again, balance is a totally another conversation. But I saw these people doing things other than the traditional jobs. And they were you know, content creators or influencers um, and, and creating really cool things. So, so for me, that was like this example of like, oh, something exists out there that I can do. So I kind of knew that the way people make um, money on Instagram is, you know, through brand partnerships. And that's, that's one kind of vertical. 
Now, because I have a brand background, I was in marketing previously, and I worked with brands and I created their commercials and ads, I would like to say that I have a good understanding of how to work with brands and also like create content on here. Like if you guys see a sponsored post for me, so just to clarify for the audience, uh, you know, when I talk about making money for brands, it is via a sponsored post. So you are promoting a brand's product and putting them on, in my case, on a board and showcasing how you would use them. You know, I actually would like to say that I think I'm pretty good at it because for me, it's not just like slapping a product in there and showing it. Um, I really take my job seriously. So if I'm going to showcase a product, I'm going to make this a really valuable post for the audience. We're not only going to show you how to use that product, but I'm going to show you an inspirational board you can make with other directions too. So like it's a very well-rounded post. It's not going to be something that people are turned off with like, oh, Meg's selling out. You know, she put X, Y, and Z on, on her Instagram because I'm making it a post that's like, I would say just gives you other tips and tricks um, that include that product and don't. So that's just my perspective on how to approach brand deals. So that is as of literally, it's really only been three or four months that I've been um, monetizing uh, to a degree that can kind of give me a living. And that is doing very much part to I signed with a management agency, a management team, um, who are amazing. Um, I'm with ZBA, which I am very proud of, because they're, I think the best in the business. And they represent some like, really cool people that like, I feel like are untouchable. Like, I can't believe I'm even in the same class as these people. Um, so that management team goes out and talks to brands and, and really works with them to, to find these particular deals for me. And I'm just, I'm super proud of the work and I take it, you know, seriously, I don't think of it like a, a sellout type thing. So that's the main thing I would say for my goals eventually, you know, it, it would be, you know, creating a book, creating a product line. Like, I think that it's very important to move beyond Instagram. And I'm only one person, so that's kind of like been my focus. But in order to have a business that has longevity, we don't know what's going to happen to Instagram. You know, is there going to be a next better thing? Is there the site going to crash? You know, you have to have things that are ownable, build your mail mailing list. So um, that was a long answer, but I just wanted to talk you through. There are just so many components to it um, beyond the brand deals that I hope to achieve in, in 2020 is get a little closer to some other really fun projects. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to see what you do in 2020. For me, it's TikTok, Meg. So maybe maybe we can connect oh. with that in 2020. But what are your favorite foods to style, Meg? Because you've inspired me way beyond cheese boards. I've done bagel boards. I've done a hot cocoa bar because of you. I've done lots of different things. But what are your favorite foods to style? Not just on boards, but in general. Well, so it's funny. I obviously don't only eat on boards, even though Instagram gives you that impression. But my, you know, my perspective is that, you know, when I'm entertaining, you know, everything and anything can be served in the form of a board. It started out as cheese boards, but as you mentioned, it evolved into other things. The breakfast boards are like huge. People love them. You come to a brunch and you have out this like fabulous bagel board with all the fixins and the locks and the cream cheese and the chives and you know maybe a sweet option as well for like a cinnamon bagel um and, and really kind of a lot of my boards are build your own you know build, i have a spoiler alert a hot dog build your own hot dog bar coming out next week that's really cute because you know it, it 
I guess, caters to the audience in a way. You have, you know, not only the traditional bun, but I did some really cool things like a pickle bun, um, which is freaking so cool. Like you just put the hot dog in a pickle, it looks just like a bun. It's really cute. And like lettuce wraps because, you know, the build your own bars gives you this freedom where you have guests that may have different dietary restrictions. So you may have someone who's gluten-free or keto or, you know, this doesn't plain like, a, you know, a brioche bun, so they don't have to have that. Um, so I feel like most things can be made in the form of a board. It's just all about the way that you present it. Um, I love doing dessert boards. I think those are super fun and a really great way to display desserts. I have some Christmas ones right now. Um, and it's just about like arranging things by color and doing different designs so it looks really pretty. That's and then so the last fun. one. <laughs> thank you. The last one that I just wanted to point out that I think is like my my favorite trick. So I often have, you know, my friends over or we go over to each other's house because at this point, you know, going out to a restaurant, my, my whole thing is like you catch up with the person next to you. You don't catch up with the person who's like three seats down, you know. So we like to be at someone's house all together, chit-chatting, usually around a board, a cheese board or otherwise. But we've been recently doing these takeout boards. So, again, because I don't cook. Um, like I'll order Mediterranean food and I'll put it on a board. You know, we'll take like I always take anything out of the plastic containers. You take it out of that if it comes in styrofoam, hopefully it doesn't, uh, any eco, you know, friendly people, but you take it out of those things and you present it in a beautiful way. So it feels like a really nice meal. You put your kebabs on there and everything all together. So, so I feel like one board at a time, I, I'm hopefully creating things that maybe people haven't thought about and we just, you know, anything can be made like a board. Yeah, that's so fun. I love the takeout idea. Um, and this, you may have just sort of answered this question, but Basically, now we're in like smack down in the middle of the crazy holiday season. I know it's super busy for you and your in your job, but give us some like easy, basic, simple tips to throw a perfect holiday party. I love the takeout idea, but what other tips do you have for just a really good holiday party right now? Absolutely. So, you know, I always start with the board, of course. Um, and like, you know, again, I don't like people to feel too much pressure if they're following along and they have to create something extravagant. I'll post, you know, maybe more themed boards and they can take, you know, a little element from it. So for instance, I've done a couple holiday boards and I really love having fun with brie and cookie cutters. So let me explain. Basically, what I'll do is like I'll take a round piece of brie and um, and I don't think I invented this. I've seen other people do it as well. Um, and I've been doing it on other holidays. But I just did one where I use a cookie cutter and I cut out a tree, like a pine tree shaped cookie cutter and fill that up with like really nice preserves because brie goes really great with preserves. You've probably seen like maybe a baked brie or a regular brie where they have some like yummy jam, like a fig jam on top. Um, so I'll cut that out and then I'll, it just looks, I'm not probably not describing this great, but it looks really pretty because you've got this really pretty Christmas tree design and then you take the cutout that you've done and put it like on some pomegranate seeds. So, you know, people are just like, haven't really seen that before and they come to your party and they see like a little glimmer of the theme which I think is really cool you could do that with a gingerbread man you can do it with a Santa you could do it with a star of David for for Hanukkah um just like little things like that 
But I would say in general, that other types of things that I would add to even just a regular cheese board is, you know, bring in some sugared cranberries because it's obviously like this holiday winter time. Those are really relevant. Lots of rosemary, um, pomegranates are in season and they're red. So they're really relevant for this time of year. Um, and then beyond the board, I think it's just like, again, having fun with those type of things. So I just mentioned sugared cranberries and rosemary put those in a cocktail. You know, there are through lines and little things you can do. I don't, again, want people to feel pressured, you know, to create something. But if there's little tweaks and things you can do, like maybe instead of regular crackers, you're using a cranberry flavored cracker or, you know, one that somehow evokes the, the season or putting little gingerbread man on your board for a little sweet treat. Those things are go, like go, um, they're little things that can go the extra mile for guests to like really imprint a memory on the occasion with them. Yeah, that's so fun. And you even inspired me. And I don't even know if if you meant to, but last last <laughs> holiday season, I did a Moscow Mule bar set up and everyone made their own Moscow Mule. And I had all these things in ramekins because you like, you like love ramekins. You've got me into ramekins now, Meg. But um, do, you like, do you like getting your guests like involved in the process, like whether it is making their own cocktail, yeah. at, using different things in ramekins or you know, have you ever done parties where it's like make your own board parties? I mean, tell us a little bit about getting the getting your guests involved. Yes. Okay. So first off, I have to say the Moscow Mule board is genius. And I remember that. And I, you know, I'm going to have to copy you now because I think more, we all need to know about this. Um, so that's a genius idea. And I think, you know, build your own anything customizable is just fun for guests, you know, and I do it with the boards, like we talked about the build your own bagel or the hot dog board, but cocktails, bringing that in is awesome. Some people do um, Bloody Mary boards, you know, things that have lots of different variety of toppings where people can pick, oh, do I want bacon in mine? Do I want this pepper? Do I want to add, you know, extra Tabasco? It's just fun. Um, so I love that you had mentioned a hot cocoa bar before. Um, you know, and these are all ideas that, to be honest, I, you know, certainly I think I come up with some original ideas, but what I love about Instagram is that it's a community. So it's like, you know, maybe I gave you a thought starter and then you ran with it and you, you created this awesome Moscow mule bar that I never would have thought about. And now I'm inspired right back. And so I would say like other people in the Instagram community are doing the same thing with me day in and day out, the bloody Mary bar. I've not personally made one of those yet, but I've seen amazing ones. And then I like to share their photos on my account. So other people get inspired. You know, I have messages sometimes from people like, Hey, can you remind me of that? Let's say hot cocoa bar you did. And I was like, I didn't do it. I just shared it. Like how cool that people like that word is being like, um, spread through just sharing some ideas. We're all, you know, inspiring each other right back. And so that's, I've kind of changed questions here, but I do think that community aspect of Instagram where we're all inspiring each other is so cool. Cause like you said, you created something that wasn't anything I did, but it was super cool. Yeah, it's so great. That's one of the things I love about Instagram too. It's so it's so good. It it really like I go to it every day to be inspired and to learn and to grow. And that's how I see it too. And I love I love what you said about the community. 
So Meg, what was the most popular board you ever created? Because I feel like you've done so many different things, but what was the most popular one? That's a great question. So what really do well are videos. Um, and I want to do more of those like time lapses of people seeing videos being put together. Um, and and I used to have this idea that they had to be perfectly produced or, you know, with a professional camera. And the truth is no, like on Instagram, they absolutely don't have to. I set up my phone. Sometimes I'm not even at the perfect angle, which irks me. Like I have to do it from the side, but to be honest, people just like to see you put things together. And what I've learned is they love seeing when you change things around. So people will, like, I'll put something somewhere and then I move it. Um, people love that and it was funny because i used to think i had to like do it perfect and step by step and and you know people would be offended if i was moving things around it made me seem less professional but i think it shows the creative process um so that being said a lot of the videos do really well but funny enough it was a traditional cheese board that has done the best on my page and it constantly gets shared it gets shared everywhere it's just like this angle i'll, I'll send it to you if you want to you know use it as you know you promote this episode actually you know what I think it is on the printout that we're going oh, to spoiler give yeah. spoiler alert. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's actually, and it's just a traditional cheese board. And I think it's just because there's just so many beautiful colors and elements. And so I am proud of that. But I would say other than that, the breakfast boards do really well. People are obsessed with locks and bagels, which is yes. great. Yeah. And I just love that in every holiday, no matter what it is, even if it's something simple like Valentine's Day, you do so many fun themed boards. I think they're so cool. So I love watching as the year goes on, how you, you know, bring in all the fun holidays and Easter. I love your Easter boards. I mean, they're so good. Oh, you know, it, my, my dad, you know, is very invested in me and like all this stuff. Um, we have a joke on, you know, on my channel that like it's dadager, but he always remarks like, Oh, well then this holiday is over and you'll have a break. And I'm like, there's a holiday every, you know, every couple weeks, dad, there's no, like, he's always like, oh, finally, you'll get a break. I'm like, no. And that's the beautiful thing is that there's always something to inspire me. You know, there's St. Patrick's Day, or there's Valentine's Day, and then, oh, St. Patrick's Day come along, and then July 4th. So I just love taking those as inspiration, because they give me just such great themes. And to be honest, those are when people entertain, and they want the inspiration. Those are when people host parties, and they want to create something special. Yeah, they definitely do. It's so much fun. So tell us what's next. What's trending in food styling in the new year, do you think? Give us a little glimpse into food styling in 2020. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think um, I need to do some research. Uh, <laughs> like, I think that it's fun when you talk about trends. And, I, and maybe from some people's perspective, I think some would say cheese boards are trendy and in a, maybe in a negative way, even like, oh, they're popular now, but maybe they won't be. I mean, I think cheese boards and, and entertaining guests and making things look beautiful is always in style. Um, but in terms of like actual new trends, I don't know. I mean, like I'm here, I'm along for the ride to be inspired by the trends, but I also like to kind of just like Look, it sounds so pretentious, but I treat it like art. It's, it, I know it is just food, but just being inspired by the palette when I'm like looking at it and, and all the like organic shapes of uh, fruits and vegetables. So I don't know. I think, to be honest, there's really creative people on Instagram and otherwise, and they're creating great stuff that, that makes me step up my game. Yeah, definitely. And I love how you find so much creativity and inspiration from food. That really is so awesome. 
So then tell us what's ahead for you personally and Ain't Too Proud to Meg, your business in 2020. Are there more collabs coming, more brands, or what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'm super excited. I don't, you know, I, I'm very excited for 2020. I'm excited to end 2019 with a bang and have lots of like, I have a few more really great ideas coming at everyone. But 2020, I think for me, is going to be about getting help. <laughs> like in terms of my business, I think that that's something that a lot of people don't do or they do too late. And I was warned about this. I, you know, I, I have met other great entrepreneurs and they were like, you know, hire someone to help you, you know, for the little tasks or even the expertise tasks, like with your website um, before it's too late because you just get overwhelmed by all the different things. And that's so true. And to be honest, some days I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do this and this and this. So I've just started to work with a few people that I really love and trust that, you know, are going to help me run my business a little bit better so I can focus on the creativity. You know, that's like for anyone out there, that's my biggest tip that I didn't listen to is like hire people that are better at you, better than you. Like, I don't need to know how to design a website, you know, and figure out a WordPress. Like I'm hiring someone who knows how to do that, you know, under my direction. Um, I actually, funny enough, was on the phone at 11 p.m. with a woman last night that I found on Facebook that another entrepreneurial group like um, on Facebook had recommended to me to fix a glitch on my website. And, you know, there's no way I was ever going to figure that out. So I'm looking to just, you know, business-wise have a little support so I can continue to create and be inspired. And then otherwise, I mean, yeah, some, the biggest goal is to get on tour. Uh, that sounds, that sounds like I'm a musician, but I just mean that, you know, I've done some really fun workshops um, and classes here in LA, but I would like to do them in other cities. I have a lot of people asking like, when are you coming to Nashville? When are you coming to this? And I, you know, I have to really get down and thinking about planning it. Maybe it is with a brand, maybe it's in a store um, and, you know, where I don't have to charge people because I, I really would like it available to anyone who wants to come to learn and, and meet them. So that's my biggest goal to so get on the road, get out there, meet people, because I just, I'm so grateful for this community and people that follow along that I want to meet them and hear from them what they, what they'd like to see in the next year. Well, we all really want you to come to Connecticut, Meg. So if you if if yeah. that comes about, you'll have to let us know so that we can all come see you in real life and support you in person. That would be so awesome. And there is a William Sonoma like down the street, and I know you've worked with William Sonoma. Yeah. So maybe something like that would be cool. But Meg, the last question before I let you go, because I know you're so busy. But the whole reason that I found you on Instagram is because my good friend Brian Balthazar told me when I had him on the podcast that he told everyone that they should be following you on the gram. So now here we are. It's come, it comes full circle all because of Brian. But we're going to ask you the same question. Meg, who should everyone be following on Instagram? Okay. I am obsessed with an account called Food Bites. And it's a Food Bites, B-I-T-E-S. And she is so creative. It's sometimes they're like boards and sometimes not, but she takes fruit and she makes them into like little animals or shapes. So for instance, um, I was, I first found her around Halloween and she made these little Frankensteins out of kiwis that were just so cute. And so I used them actually on a board that I did and, you know, gave her credit and shouted her out. 
she she had little devils. She had um, for for Thanksgiving she had little pilgrims that she made. She right now has these pears that are actually reindeer, um, and so just super cute inspiration. And while it's not like a cheese board or anything like that, I'm just so inspired by anyone that's making cool things out of food. I just, it, it really does inspire me right back. And I think people will, your audience will really enjoy her creativity. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so we're all going to be following Food Bites. It's so fun. And then hopefully everyone is still following our buddy Brian Balthazar because he's amazing. Yes. And he's always on TV doing something really fun. So anyway, Meg, I really want everyone also to follow your page. So Ain't Too Proud to Meg is, you, is your account, and it's so good. I love following you. And everyone also um, can get this free printout that Meg mentioned. We're going to have it in the show notes of the podcast episode, and it's also going to be on the blog. And it's basically like a printout, a step-by-step -step to creating your own board and just really good tips from Meg. So Meg, thanks so much for being on today. I love talking to you. Oh my gosh, Nina, thank you for having me. And a big shout out to Brian for introducing me to you and, and mentioning me before. I really, you know, appreciate your time. And it was so nice to kind of share my story. So thank you. I know. Well, thanks for inspiring us all. And I, I really appreciate your tip towards the end about hiring people because I'm working on that as well because we all are in the same boat where we get a little overwhelmed. And um, so you just, you gave me some more ideas. So thank you again, Meg. And happy boarding. Happy holidays and happy boarding, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Please inspire me with more of your ideas this year. You know, have a great one. I can't wait to see that Moscow Mule Board come out again. You know it. Exactly. All right. Thanks again, Meg. You're the best. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to My Mom's Podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. Also, rate and review all her podcasts, too. And please share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. She's Nina B. Clark. Clark has an E at the end. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thanks again for listening. Let's keep being awesome. XOXO.